0: Earlier in this internet broadcast, we enjoyed Sigismund Neukom's requiem in memory of King Louis XVI and Queen Marie Antoinette that was performed at the Congress of Vienna in 1815. During the following year, 1816, Sigismund Neukom went across the Atlantic to Brazil, where the court of King Dom the VI of Portugal lived in self-imposed exile after Napoleon Bonaparte invaded Portugal. He traveled with the Duc de Luxembourg, who had been sent to Brazil by King Louis XVIII to try and repair the diplomatic relations between France and Portugal. Norcom ended up staying and working for Dom Joao VI. In 1819, Norcom was called upon to prepare the annual performance of Wolfgang Amade Mozart's Requiem that was given each year in memory of the various musicians in Brazil who had died during that year. The performance of the Requiem that Neukomm put on in December of 1819 is notable because Neukom provided a complete completion. The Mozart-Zussmaier Requiem lacks a setting of the Libera Me, which is the third, if you will, part of a full requiem. The gradual, the tract, and the liberame domine. Usually they could be sung in plain chant, and the liberame was required only in a situation in which a full funeral with burial was uh, the service. No matter. Neukom provided a completion. And I think one will agree with me that Neukom did a damn good job of, if you will, channeling Wolfgang amadeus Mozart and Franz Zaver-Zussmeier. In this performance, which was recorded in in Concert in November of 2005 in St. Bartholomew's Church in Zarburg, in Moselle in France, Joris Thabo is the soprano, Gemma Coma-Alabert the mezzo soprano, Simon Edwards the tenor, Alain Bouet the bass baritone, the Cantorai Zar Louis and La Grande Écurie et la Chambre du Bois, which plays on authentic instruments, are conducted by Jean-Claude Malgoire. The chorus was prepared by Joachim Fontaine. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> yeah. you agree with me that sigismund neukom sigismund ritter von neukom as he became after he was knighted did a superb job of channeling wolfgang Amade mozart and franz schubertsmeyer in his completion written in brazil in 1819 of the requiem in d minor Kirchhofer 626. Neukom added the concluding movement, the Liber Armee, and as far as I'm concerned, it's impossible to tell where Mozart and Zeusmeyer stopped and Sigismund Neukom begins. In that performance, which was recorded in St. Bartholomew Church of Zalburg in Moselle, France, in November of 2005, Jordis Thébault was the soprano soloist, Gemma coma Albert was the mezzo-soprano soloist, Simon Edwards was the tenor soloist, and Alain Bouet was the bass baritone soloist. The Cantorai Zal-Louis, which was prepared by its director Joachim Fontaine, and La Grande Ecurie, et la Chambre du Roi, which plays on authentic instruments, were conducted by Jean-Claude Malgoire. This recording, by the way, is the premier recording of the Mozart-Zussmaier Neukom Requiem. There are two settings of the Requiem from the first half of the 19th century that have entered what is often referred to as the standard repertory. The first of these of course is the requiem that Louis Cherubini composed for the memorial service for King Louis the 16th and Marie Antoinette that was held in Saint-Denis outside of Paris on January 31st, 1817. The other is the Grande Messe des Morts, the setting of the Requiem that was composed by Hector Bellios in 1837 on commission from the French Minister of the Interior for a commemoration of the anniversary of of the death of Field Marshal Mortier. As it happens, the Grand Messe des Morts received its premier performance in the Église des Invalides in Paris for the funeral of General Charles de Don Raymond, who had been killed in action. Berlioz, of course, was delighted, ecstatic, to have the commission but he wasn't happy when he found out that he wasn't going to be conducting it. The conductor was François-Antoine Abenec who had established the orchestra of the Société des Concerts du Conservatoire. Abenec was hostile to Berlioz as was Cherie and as Berlioz recounted years later in his memoirs, With my habitual mistrust, I had stayed just behind Abenek. Standing with my back to him, I supervised the group of Timpany, which he could not see, as the moment approached for them to join in the general tumult at the beginning of the tuba mirum. There are perhaps a thousand bars in my requiem. In the very bar I have been speaking of, the bar in which the tempo broadens and the brass proclaim their tremendous fanfare, the one bar, in fact, in which the conductor's direction is absolutely indispensable, Abenech, laid down his baton and, calmly producing his snuff box, proceeded to take a pinch of snuff. I had been keeping my eye on him. In a flash, I turned on my heel, sprang forwards in front of him and, stretching out my arm, marked out the four great bars of the new tempo. I conducted the piece to the end, after the band followed me and everything went off as it should have. The effect that I had dreamed of was attained. When, at the final words of the chorus, Abenech saw that the tuba miram had been saved, he said, Thank the Lord. I was in a cold sweat. Without you, we would have been lost. There are numerous superb recordings of the Grande Messe des Morts Opus 5 by Hector Berlioz but none to me is more exciting than the recording that was made at the now no longer extant Philadelphia Athletic Club in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on April 1st and 2nd 1964 Cesare Valetti is the tenor soloist. The Temple University Choir, prepared by its longtime director Robert E. Page, and the Philadelphia Orchestra are conducted by the late, great Eugene Ormondy. Hector Berlioz, The Grande Messe des Morts, The Requiem, Opus 5, in a recording made in the Philadelphia Athletic Club in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on April 1st and 2nd, 1964. The tenor soloist, the great Cesare Valetti, the Temple University Choir, prepared by Robert E. Page, their longtime music director, and the Philadelphia Orchestra, under the direction of its music director for 44 years, the amazing Eugene Armandé. In March of 1838, Sigismund Neukom, now living permanently in Paris. And almost 60 years of age, wrote a requiem incorporated within a service funèbre complet, a complete funeral service. And this complete funeral service comprises a requiem mass, a de profundis, and a setting of the miserere. For three equal voices without accompaniment or with organ ad libitum, followed by a funeral march for cone, four horns, three trombones, and ophaclidae. This work is of an astonishing composition. The choruses are scored for a three part male chorus, two tenor parts and a bass part. The Marche Funèbre and the Miserere are designed to be performed as a processional to the place of burial. This march, Neukom wrote, is to be performed before or during the church service and to accompany the corpse to the place of burial. It will be played before each verse of the miserere. The singers will walk in divisions or choirs of three ranks, that is, first tenor, second tenor and bass, of eight to twelve men abreast, according to the width of the streets through which the cortege passes. These choruses should be kept as close to each other as possible and will walk immediately behind the musicians who are to perform the funeral march from time to time, the eight verses of the Miserere will be sung in succession. Each time the funeral march is finished, after a short interval, the principal conductor, who will walk at the head of the singers, will sound five strokes on a tam-tam or bell tuned to F. To indicate the tempo. The singers will count four of these five strokes and on the fifth stroke all ranks will begin their verse. The first verse may be sung at the church itself at the moment when the cottage sets off and the same verse must be sung once more to terminate the ceremony. This performance of Sigismund Neukom, Ritter von Neukom's Requiem, De Profundis, and Marche Funèbre et Miserere, was recorded in concert in the Église Saint-Martin de Off in Salzburg, in Moselle, France, on July 6, 2008. The choristers come from Contat Reunion, Ensemble Vocal de l'Océan Indien, and La Grande Ecurie et la Chambre du Roi provides the brass players and the organist Laurent Stewart, who play on authentic instruments. The conductor is Jean Claude. Malgoire Sigismund Neukom, Ritter von Neukom, his Service Funèbre Complet, his complete funeral service of 1838, comprising a Requiem Mass, a setting of the Day Profundis, and the Marche Funèbre et Miserere, the Funeral March and Miserere. The performers, the choirs, were all members of Cantaréunion Ensemble Vocal de l'Océan Indien. Two choirs, each three parts, two tenors and a bass. The instrumentalists, all were members of La Grande Ecurie et la Chambre du Roi, which plays on authentic instruments. Jean Luc Machico and Graham Nicholson, cornets, Emmanuel Padieu and Florent Maupetit, horns. Jean Marie Bonge, Fred Lucchi, and Fabien Donique, trombones. Sylvain Billotte. Ophicleide, Ophicleide, and Laurent Stewart, organ. The ensembles were under the direction of Jean-Claude Malgoire in that performance, which was recorded in concert in the Église de Hof in Zalbourg, Moselle, France, on July 6, 2008. You may recall that I opened this internet broadcast, this second, in a series devoted to requiems and funeral music, with Jan Ladislav Duschek's The Sufferings of the Queen of France. And I played it in the historic performance, which was my introduction to the work nearly six decades ago a recording made by the great harpsichordist Igor Kipnis and The Sufferings of the Queen of France ended his debut recital at the Frick Collection. I vividly recall hearing that radio broadcast. I remarked at that point that the composition probably was played by Duschek on the pianoforte, a forte piano, a hammerfrügel. and I would look around for a recording made on such an instrument. Lo and behold, I came across a recording of it made in 1994 by the marvelous Andreas Steyer, and he is playing a Piano that was made in London according to his specifications by his friend John Broadwood, and this particular Duscheck piano was made in 1806. Incidentally, the Sufferings of the Queen of France also have a French title. Tableau de la Situation de Marie-Antoinette, Reine de France, and Ducek published it as his opus 23.
1: Tableau de la Situation de Marie-Antoinette, Reine de France, depuis son emprisonnement jusqu'au dernier moment de sa vie, rendu dans une musique allégorique, Composé par Jean-Louis Dussek. La reine est emprisonnée. réfléchit sur sa grandeur passée. Le doit se séparer de ses enfants. La sentence de mort est prononcée contre elle. Sa résignation... sa situation pendant la nuit qui précéda le jour de l'exécution. La place de l'exécution arrive. Elles entrent dans la prison.
0: le tumulte d'une multitude furieuse.
1: La reine que le tout-puissant au moment qu'elle doit mourir. La guillotine tombe
0: Jan Ladislav Duschek. Tableau de la situation de Marie Antoinette, Reine de France. Or, as Igor Kipnis translated the title into English, The Sufferings of the Queen of France. In that performance, which was recorded in Cologne, Germany, in the Zendesaal of Deutschland. Funk Köln in November of 1992 the wonderful Andreas Steyer was playing a piano made by John Broadwood and Sons in London in 1806 a piano made to the specifications set by Jan Ladislav Dushek, and of course it was Andreas Steyer giving you the section headings that Duschek provides for the various movements in The Sufferings of the Queen of France. When Igor did them in recital, he read those in English. Unfortunately, he didn't do it when he made the recording. My bad. I have to make one further observation the tableau de la situation de marie antoinette Triche had personal significance for jan ladislav Duszek because he frequently played for marie antoinette and was in great demand as a performer at the court at Versailles. My name is Terry Noel Tao and I would like to remind you that these internet broadcasts that I have the honor and pleasure to present to you are made possible by the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture and its charismatic, charming, and dynamic executive director, the marvelous Lin Yen. The Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture is a not-for-profit entity in the state of Connecticut. It is a qualified 501c3 entity, which means that any gifts that you may decide to make to it are tax-deductible to the fullest extent that the laws permit. And I do hope that you will be generous in your contributions to the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture. If you want to make a gift, please visit the main webpage of the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture at www.ffrcc.org and look for the tablet that says Donate. Click on it and you will be transferred to a page that will provide you with all of the information and guidance that you will need in order to make your fully tax-deductible contribution to the Foundation for the Revival of Classical Culture. We thank you for your generosity.